1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, I was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it again! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Beck.
0: One week left. The fantasy postseason approaches. And we welcome you to Fantasy Football Today. Woo, man, it is early. It is 7.45 in the morning, and we are podcasting here, talking waiver wire. Getting you this episode a little bit early. Hopefully that helps. I don't see why it would, since everybody's on waivers right now. But anyway, good morning, and welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Adam, Dave, Jamie here to tell you about Julio Jones. Could he help you win a championship in your stretch run? It's actually a really... Pretty solid waiver wire week. Jamie, I apologize for the text message I sent you last night. Out of line.
2: Uh, you don't have to apologize. It's not that great, but it's it's interesting. You know, th- there's there's some good filler options. There like last week we had star options, you know, available to us and and two of them uh ended up being starters. Uh one of them was a star, you know, Williams was a starter, Jamal Williams was a starter, but didn't, you know, have a great game. But Sonny Michel was a star, you know, of the guys that we talked about last week. Um, aside from obviously Alexander Madison, but this week we have some good. Hey, this could be a, a starting running back if I'm stuck. Hey, this could be a a uh, third wide receiver if I need one. You know, uh, there's there's a couple of quarterbacks I think you could start, and there's um, you know some tight end options. Certainly one in particular you could start as well.
0: And I'm already looking forward to the Taysom Hill debates, <laughs> just because he played so poorly last week, and he's got a bad finger, and he's got a bad foot. But his legs Works. The you, foot's
2: fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. The foot seems fine. And the Jets, yep. it's something like nine games in a row, a quarterback scored at least 19 or 20 points. So you get a nice floor there with the Jets. And I, what I said to Jamie in text last night is, I said, is this the worst waiver wire week ever? But really, you know, I hadn't looked at the teams that were coming off a of bye yet. I hadn't looked at the Thursday night game with Taysom. But he said it
2: almost every week, though. It's, you're very negative Nancy about the waiver wire every year. Every yeah, because week. because
0: the quarterback streamers have been so bad this week, I think or this year. I think that's why.
2: Uh, so you start at the top and then you get all frustrated. I get it. This is a great <laughs> week for DST streamers, by the way. Huge. And we're gonna look at
0: week fifteen as well, Dave. So the the waiver wire could change based on your needs, you know, what you're looking at, right?
1: It's that time of year. You're fighting for a playoff spot you have to win in week 14 all of your focus needs to go into week 14 if you've got a playoff spot clinched then you need to start looking into the playoffs you need to start questioning why certain players are on your bench and if there's a guy on your bench that you're almost sure you're never going to start unless there's like a major problem with your team you can cut that guy as long as you know as long as it's not like a great player that could help somebody else out um And There are examples that we can think of. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking of guys that have already busted out, like Allen Robinson, Robbie Anderson, Marvin Jones. Those guys are still rostered in a bunch of leagues. You can cut them. You don't care if your friends pick them up. But this is the time of year where staying a week ahead of the DSTs, not a bad strategy at all. If you're streaming quarterbacks or you've got a quarterback you don't have a lot of confidence in, staying a week ahead on quarterbacks, not a bad option at all. Making sure you've got your running back situation all laid out never a bad idea, no matter what week it is. So you can kind of take those steps this week to help your roster get into the proper form if you've already clinched that playoff spot.
0: So let's get to the top priorities, Jamie. Give me some of the names that we need to be looking at on waivers.
2: Well, I think if you're looking at the running backs, uh, the first one for me would be Deontay Foreman. He's still available in in the threshold that we talk about. So I uh, love the setup for him. As you, I'm sure, are well aware, what Titans running back does against the Jaguars defense, and hopefully Deontay <laughs> Foreman follows suit from Derrick Henry, who scored eight touchdowns in his last five games against the Jaguars. Uh, so he'd be my favorite one. Then if you want to gamble on Jemichael Hasty, just with the potential of the 49ers being down their top two running backs with Elijah Mitchell and the concussion protocol, and Jeff Wilson's knee flaring up, there's there's clearly a, a heavy workload if he's the, the guy there, barring Debo Samuel coming back. Uh, but if you want to pivot to Rashad Penny, I think, would make some sense. He played the most snaps of the Seahawks running backs and, and I think looks the best uh, or looked the best aside from the Travis Homer fig punt. Um, the wide receivers, I think there's there's a couple of injury scenarios. One would be Julio Jones, hopefully playing. So I, I, I would pick him up if he's available. The second would be Tyler Boyd, if in fact T. Higgins is not available. We saw what that was like earlier in the season for Tyler Boyd, uh, but also KJ Osborne uh, stepping in for Adam Thielen on Thursday night against the Steelers. So I like that setup for him. And then my favorite tight end for this week would be Tyler Conklin. Uh, Again, similar situation. No Adam Thielen. So there's a lot to like about Conklin's situation taking on Pittsburgh. All right.
0: What's going on with T. Higgins?
2: Well, Higgins has an ankle injury. He says he's fine. But, you know, again, uh, the Bengals got really beat up in that game. Uh, Joe Burrow had the pinky injury. Joe Joe Mixon suffered a neck injury. And Higgins suffered the ankle injury. And so Boyd actually played well with everybody healthy, which was a surprise because it doesn't really happen very often. But as we saw earlier this season, when Higgins was out, I forget what the injury was where he missed, I think it was two or three games. Uh, that was Boyd's best production of the season. He scored a touchdown against the Steelers. I remember that. That was week three. Um, but I think he had a, um, uh, another decent game in there as well. Uh, so if he is out, even with Burrow's pinky being a problem, uh, I would you know, have Burrow pretty close to a must-start option if there is no T. Higgins playing this week.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned the offensive injuries on defense. The Bengals lost uh, Logan Wilson, a linebacker, and Shadobia Awuzie starting cornerback. So they and a, their
1: offensive line was beat up going into the game last week. All right. They're they're uh, struggling. they got some issues,
0: certainly some injury issues. Okay, so that's Foreman, Hasty, Rashad Penny at running back, Julio Jones, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Conklin at tight end. There really are a lot of names that you could go to on the waiver wire. Dave, uh, let me start with this, and then you give the rest of your priorities. But Foreman and Hilliard are actually rostered similarly, both available in – say approximately 35% of CBS Sports Leagues, which means on ESPN, on Yahoo, it's going to be even more than that for those Tennessee Titans running backs. Uh, Which one would you prefer, Deontay Foreman or Dontrell Hilliard?
1: I think the Titans prefer Foreman. So that's the direction that I would tell everybody to go in. He's a physical running back. He matches up well with that physical offensive line. He's capable of catching passes. They're not going to ask him to necessarily do that that much, but he's also their goal line guy. And I don't think Hilliard is necessarily uh, a lot to take him over or take take over that role from him. And Jeremy McNichols is coming back, and McNichols might force Hilliard into a smaller role. So I think the best bet, the guy that has the best chance to potentially start for you down the stretch, including this week against Jacksonville, is Foreman. So I would rather have him. Hilliard's actually a, a little ways down the list for me. Um, I would take the the 49ers, running backs, Wilson or Hasty. And Jamie, I don't think you mentioned Jordan Howard. I know they're uh, he's, he's on a buy this week. but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be
2: rushing to add him right now because they're going to buy.
1: The only way I would add him is if I was one of those playoff contenders. And I'm already – not playoff contenders. I've already clinched a playoff spot. And I'm looking toward the end of the year. I, I get the same feeling with him that I got with Ramondre Stevenson earlier this year. He's going to matter again at some point. Uh, he might. He's got to be healthy. You know, Nick Sirianni seemed optimistic about it. But yep. as
2: we've seen the last two games, uh, I just wonder, you know, Kenneth Gainwell playing better, you know, what that will do. Boston Scott. I know did not play, but I think that was more health concern than it was production concern. So it's still a crowded backfield. Miles Sanders hasn't been ruled out yet. So uh, I, I think you're right. He will matter at some point, but he wouldn't be somebody that I'd be rushing to add.
0: So in terms of Taysom Hill,
2: as of right now, I know rankings continue. change. over Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Those guys stink.
0: <laughs> Would you? No. 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 <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: but he's I, top 12 this week.
0: Yeah, right. Where, where are you ranking Taysom Hill? Top 12, top 10.
1: Uh yes, I have him tenth exactly. Okay. It's the stat that you laid out. The Jets have allowed at least 20 fantasy points to seven of the last eight quarterbacks. They faced the one who didn't do it was Tarod Taylor. And we could make some comparisons to Tarod Taylor and Taysom Hill, but I think Hill's better. He won me over with the rushing last week. I wasn't sure how much rushing he was going to do. He looked good running the football. You everybody else knows how he looked passing the football. I think
2: the only concern you should have with Taysom Hill is if the finger's a problem, does it get pulled? You know, especially if they're winning the game. You know, so that's, that's uh, I think, the, the short-term concern, but the long-term, you know, scenario is he still gives them their best chance to win, and that's a sad state of where the Saints quarterback situation is right now.
0: If Debo Samuel plays and the 49ers are optimistic that he will play, would you rather have Jimmy Garoppolo this week against Cincinnati or Taysom Hill at the Jets?
2: Oh, Taysom Hill. I mean, you know, Garoppolo had one of his better throwing games. Uh, forget about the turnovers, but just from a fantasy perspective, you know, he was almost at 300 yards. He threw for two touchdowns and still got you under 20 fantasy points. He just – there's there's a ceiling that's capped for him from his fantasy production. So Taysom, first off, he threw four picks. One of those was not his fault. Kenny Stills dropped the ball. So if you're being a little generous, which, you know, we're statting this a little bit, but you take away the, the, the one pick there um, – it's a better fantasy day. His fantasy ceiling is much higher than Jimmy Garoppolo's fantasy ceilings. As it's, it's like Jalen Hurts. You know, if you if you've been enjoying Jalen Hurts fantasy production, you're going to enjoy Taysom Hill's fantasy production mm-hmm. for one more week.
0: Okay, I just you know to, to Garoppolo, uh, if there's no Eli Mitchell, maybe. I would go Taysom Hill, too. I'm just saying. He's, he's out there. He's, he's on the list. We'll talk about him. He's kind of far if, down the if list. If there's
1: no Elijah Mitchell and there's no Jeff Wilson, you might see a lot of Debo Samuel uh, playing running back. Sure, yeah. Oh, okay. but there might not be Debo Samuel, too. Right. right. Well, he, he said on CBS Sports HQ that he's optimistic about playing this week.
2: That's really shocking that a player said he's optimistic about it. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I know, I know, I know.
1: I think uh, the fact that the coaches the for- weren't yeah. pessimistic. Yeah, is right. A good
0: sign. That's right. the The Niners as a, as a whole seem optimistic on Debo. Uh, we will see. And they are on the road at Cincinnati. Like I said, they were at home, uh, so we don't have to have a Fab discussion at this point, do we? I mean,
2: I I think if I'm you're not even putting in the column anymore.
0: Okay, if you're if you're in the playoffs, save your Fab so you can do something smart like picking up five quarterbacks and preventing your opponent from getting oh. the player he needs. Not Only if
1: you're gonna carry them it, on your bench.
0: Save your fab. Uh if you know if you want to cheat like playoffs. Adam, sure. It's a cheat. Come on. Uh let's go through the news and notes here. Logan Thomas did not tear his ACL, but he still might not return this season. We don't know. So no need to hold Logan Thomas or what? No. Okay. Uh
2: he's, he's looking at multiple weeks being out, whether it's two weeks or the rest of the season. He's not playing anytime soon. Yeah,
0: boy, we wish we had some clarity on who the, the tight end was for Washington because we love the schedule.
2: Well, I think you know who it is. It's either Ricky Seals-Jones if he's healthy or John Bates if Ricky Seals-Jones is not. Well, that's what I, I guess that's what I meant. We
0: need clarity on Ricky seals Jones's status. Uh, Debo could play. Elijah Mitchell's in the concussion protocol. Jeff Wilson's got a little bit of a knee thing, so that's why we talked about Hasty. And starting cornerback Emmanuel Mosley is going to be out a few weeks for San Francisco. Big news, Keenan Allen on the reserve COVID list. Most players who are on the reserve COVID list to start the week, not all. Like, T.J. Watt was able to play last week, uh, but most seem to miss the game. So we don't
2: know if he's vaccinated or not.
0: Well, if he's not vaccinated, he's definitely missing the game. Right. So, prepare to be without Keenan Allen against the Giants. I guess that means I'm going to start Mike Williams.
1: Uh, should mean an uptick for Williams, and I don't think there's necessarily one guy that'll take all the slot reps uh, in Keenan Allen's stead. Uh, Allen was lining up outside a decent amount, too. You'll see a lot more of Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer. Both those guys are available in pretty much every single league. Tennessee
0: did activate, or they designated, Julio Jones to return from IR, so he's not officially back yet, but he could play this week against the Jags. Damian Harris left with a hamstring injury. Hopefully he can get healed by week fifteen, as they are on a bye this week. But Stevenson got a lot of work and figures to get a lot of work as long as mm-hmm. Damian Harris is out. Saints News, Deontay Harris, starting wide receiver wide receiver, uh suspended three games.
1: The most targeted receiver for Taysom Hill last week and the guy that was responsible for Taysom Hill getting over twenty fantasy points. Yeah. That was uh, With that late play.
0: That was something. <laughs> and Cameron Jordan, star defensive lineman for them, he's on the reserve
2: COVID list. Nick Sirianni, Mark Savenport's been out too, so yeah, the Jets get a little reprieve.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Sirianni, he said that Jalen Hurts is the starter when he's healthy. Boo! I mean, yay! Baltimore cornerback Marlon Humphrey out for this season. Daniel that Jones, that secondary is going to be
1: in big trouble. Uh, yeah, they were already a, a soft spot, Worst trouble now. Right. Uh, Daniel Jones
0: is likely out this week. Jake Fromm could be the starter for the Giants.
2: He can't be worse than that stiff Mike Lennon. Yeah. (laughs) it was bad. It was
0: ugly. He probably can be worse, though. Darren Waller (laughs) day-to-day. Darren Waller day-to-day. There's some optimism that Darren Waller might play this week at Kansas City. Let's
1: go. Better than that stiff Foster Moreau.
0: (laughs) Urban Meyer acknowledged that it was probably a mistake to put James Robinson back in the game during garbage time.
2: Uh, what a bleep. Stiff.
0: Corey Davis out for the season. Matt Rule anticipates Cam Newton starting and they fired their offensive coordinator during the bye week and it seems like they really want to run the ball. So
2: That's smart when Christian McCaffrey's now on IR.
0: Yeah. Uh, Davis Mills expected to start for Houston against Seattle and Joe Burrow as of now he plans to play through his
1: pinky injury. Dislocated pinky.
2: Well, there are a lot
0: of you out there that uh, that write in and say, hey, I really want to get into the industry. What should I do? And what I tell you is start a website, start a podcast, write your own columns, all those things. And what I'm going to tell you to do when you write your own fantasy columns or for most of you who are not writing fantasy columns but writing anything else, you want to use Grammarly and you want to use – Grammarly Premium, and you can get 20% off Grammarly Premium if you go to grammarly.com slash FFT, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash FFT. So you are hearing from someone who has used Grammarly, and what it really helps me with is being more succinct, and you won't get that impression based on this uh, read that I'm doing now, or this spiel, because I tend to ramble when I talk about sponsors, but that's because I have a lot to say about Grammarly. Grammarly is really awesome. You can type right into Grammarly, you can upload a document, and it's gonna scan the document, it's gonna look for simple grammar mistakes, but also just ways to make your writing more clear and more effective, better vocabulary, and I think it's terrific if you just want to save some time because proofreading and editing can real be a real pain. Grammarly takes that pain away and just makes everything so much, uh, so much easier and so much quicker. It's gonna help you with holiday cards, anything you're doing right now during the holidays. If you're sending something out, uh, you know, you just want to sound better, sound more clear. If you got something for work, if you got something for school, whatever it is, please check out Grammarly. Uh, I really, really like it. The- very few times that I've written something for the website, I always put that into Grammarly and it gets better instantly. So take the stress out of getting the words right with Grammarly. Our listeners get 20% off Grammarly Premium at Grammarly.com FFT. That is 20% off G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com FFT. So for the fantasy managers, uh, Jamie, that are saying, oh, all those guys are rostered in my leagues, who are some deep league targets that could be available in almost
2: all leagues? Uh, Let's see. At the running back position, there aren't a lot of guys, but I think you can look at um, Amir Abdullah if the uh, plan is to run the ball for the Panthers. He's available in 95% of leagues. Samaj P. Ryan, in case Joe Mixon's neck injury is a problem, he's available in 83% of leagues. Um, I mean, Rashad Penny obviously would be one of the first targets I'd look for as well, regardless of your league size, because he should be the lead running back for Seattle. It's going to be a committee at wide receiver. Uh, I think you look at both Detroit guys and KJ Osborne, uh, Osborne's at 7% with his roster percentage, both Detroit guys, i St. Brown, who had a huge game against the Vikings, 14%. Josh Reynolds who's had two decent games in a row, 17%. Marcos Valdez-Gantling, he's at 22%. So I think those guys are all uh, certainly on the table. And then at the tight end position, Conklin would be my favorite guy. He's, I don't know if he's in the threshold of what you're talking about. He's at 37%. But if you're looking for like a deep league, some deep league options, I guess, um, either Washington guy, uh, Ricky Seals Jones is at 6%. John Bates is at 0%. And then Nick Vanette could be interesting. Um, you know, he's played well uh, in place of Adam Troutman from a touchdown standpoint two games ago. Was their lead tight end last week. Now Deontay Thompson is not there. Um so not Deontay Deontay Harris, excuse me, um, is not there, and he might see an uptick in targets also against the Jets.
0: I'm kind of intimidated by this week. There's we a lot of players, a lot of players to get to here. The pressure's on you guys. You got to give us all the names, all the names we need to know. Dave, let's start with the quarterbacks. Who are the best quarterback streamers?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. And and the
1: uh, before Dave gets there, the Chargers guys, uh, both Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer, like Dave said, they're right. widely available. Guyton ahead of Palmer. Yep. Uh, Taysom's number one at quarterback. For me, number two is Cam Newton, who's available in 51% of leagues. Um, I think Cam Newton does a lot of running, not as much passing against Atlanta, and I think he'll have some success. The Panthers uh, or going to see a Falcons defense that's been feast or famine to quarterbacks, a ton of quarterbacks that have given you 29-plus fantasy points, a ton of quarterbacks that have given you 19 or fewer. I think Cam's got some decent upside this week. I like him second best. Roethlisberger would be third. I don't like that he's playing on a short week, but I do like that he has at least 20 fantasy points in three of his last four games. And this Vikings defense just isn't particularly Good right now. Obviously, if they allowed the Lions to beat them and Jared Goff to throw three touchdowns against them, then I think Roethlisberger's got a chance to have a pretty decent game himself. Uh, I wouldn't fight you if you didn't want to trust Cam or if you didn't want to trust Taysom Hill, and you just wanted to go straight to Roethlisberger. All three of them are pretty close in my rankings. I think Hill and Cam are the only ones that are in my top twelve, but those are my three favorites, followed by Garoppolo. Heineke and Matt Ryan but those guys Garoppolo, Heineke and Ryan are rostered in more than 50% of leagues so it's going to be easier to get one of the first three names that I said than one of the last three names
0: okay and Roethlisberger if you just want to look long term here schedule's great yeah it looks great I think if we break it down I'm not sure
2: it's great Uh, but this week two of the three games are good including this week
0: yeah, I'm even looking at, at all. So his next four matchups, Roethlisberger are against teams. Yeah, the
2: Titans game because the Titans are misleading. And the Chiefs. Chiefs are good too, the right? Defense so defense is so, the reason why they're where yeah, they
0: you, are, got they're Chiefs, you got one more. All right, all right. listen, we got the cheat. Well, the next four games for Roethlisberger, the teams rank 28th, 30th, 26th, and 25th against quarterbacks. That's that looks amazing on paper. This week, we're pretty sure this is a good matchup against Minnesota. Next week's Tennessee, they've been better lately, although they weren't good against Mac Jones two weeks ago, but they've been better. Kansas City, they're 26th against quarterbacks, but they've been really good. I mean, seven straight quarterbacks have failed to score more than 21, quarterback, uh, 20, 21 fantasy points against the Chiefs, so they've been much better. Cleveland, in week 17, they're not great. They're 25th against quarterbacks. But Roethlisberger, if you just look at him versus Taysom Hill and, and Cam Newton, if you're thinking long-term, I, th- I would still say he has the best schedule. Maybe you don't need to think long term. Maybe that doesn't matter to you, but if if you are, you know, like you're like Cam Newton, same thing with Chuba Hubbard, right? It's Atlanta this week, and then you're going to be a little nervous after that. Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, not so great. New Orleans, maybe. I ha- okay, so that's your quarterback list. Jamie, the running backs.
2: Uh, Deontay Foreman is the best one. Uh, I think he he might be the start of the week this week. You know, just looking at the matchup against Jacksonville, fresh legs coming off a bye. Last time we saw him, 19 carries, 109 yards. He did have a fumble. Um, when Dave was talking about Dontra Hilliard, I think this game script potential does not favor what Dontra Hilliard probably will be doing uh, by comparison to what Deontay Foreman will be doing. Now, both guys ran the ball well against the Patriots in their last game, but Hilliard had to break off the big run to you know lead to his production, um, which could happen again. I just think that Foreman, as Dave said, is, is the best bet for what their offense is is hoping to get back on track to being. Uh, then I would gamble on Hayes excuse me, to Michael Hasty second, just based on the, uh, the injury concerns for San Francisco. And then third would be Rashad Penny. If you want to avoid the San Francisco mess, because my guess is Mitchell's going to play. The fact that they, they brought him back in the game, hopefully clears the concussion protocol and is fine. Uh, plus you have the Debo Samuel factor. So uh, if you want to just overlook that and go straight to Rashad Penny, uh, hopefully he has a big game against the Houston Texans and can prove that he's the best running back for Seattle.
0: Yeah, and if you're thinking, hey, the Jaguars have a really good run defense. Well, it's been a little shaky lately. They've given up 100 yards to a running back in three of their last four games. was Jonathan Taylor, Cordero Patterson, and Sonny Michelle, and that is Deontay Foreman's matchup this week. Are, Are you worried that he wasn't really that good? He had very limited work, but the running game had been garbage for the Titans until the Patriots game. They had a really good game, you know. Are you worried about buying in too much? You said you might make him the start of the week. Seems like you're pretty confident in Foreman.
2: Well, I mean, he's not ranked in the, in, in the top ten for me, you know. And and as you know, I I try to do. Uh, I don't always succeed, but try to find you know somebody who's in that gray area of players who are starting. And I think he falls in that category. So he's a number two running back for me in my rankings, and you know has top fifteen upside. So. You know, looking at it where you're down uh, Jonathan Taylor this week, for example, you're down the Patriots guys this week, you're down Miles Gaskin for what that's worth, you're down the Eagles guys for what that's worth. You know, there are some players that you have to replace. I think Deontay Foreman is a pretty good option, especially if you're also looking to, you know, find a Daryl Henderson replacement if you didn't get Sonny Michelle and he doesn't play again, um, you know, those type of guys. So I'd be, I'd be happy starting Deontay Foreman this week.
1: He's a top 15 running back for me in non-PPR. Yep. And just with Rashad Penny...
0: Worth pointing out, Adrian Peterson was the goal line back for them, which is
2: yeah. If, if that continues, it's it's not ideal. But uh, we've we went through this once before with a different team already this season. You know, he was the goal line option when he first got to Tennessee when they got rid of Derrick Henry, he scored the touchdown the first op- opportunity that they had, and then he was released because he clearly was ineffective, and he was ineffective for Seattle. I think Rashad Penny, the fact that he played the most is encouraging. He had he played the most snap shares or snap percentage. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He looked the best. Yeah. He, uh, minus the Travis Homer run, <laughs> you know. So Homer yeah, run we can't count that. Better. Yeah. But I, I think if you're if you're just looking at it, you know, Adam, you've been saying this for a long time. Is Penny's long term appeal, if he's ever healthy, is probably the best. Alex Collins might return. Maybe DJ Dallas gets back in the mix. But you know, the schedule coming up for Seattle is favorable. This week is certainly favorable, and Rashad Penny's got the opportunity, I think, to be a flex for you in in week 14.
1: Yep, I like that too. The one thing that I don't like about Penny is that they had 10 snaps inside of 10 yards. He only played on two of them. Travis Homer played on four of them. Adrian Peterson played on four of them. I agree that Peterson's the short yardage goal line guy if they had a choice. Does that mean that, oh, he also didn't play much on third and fourth downs. Homer dominated those. So I wonder if that just means that he's going to be potentially uh, one of those empty calorie type of trap backs. That's the term that we're using. Yeah, we've been we we should have been using it for years, but it's Ben Gretsch's term and he doesn't show up on our podcast anymore. So it's it's uh, it's one of those between the 20s, maybe between the 10s types of running backs for Seattle. And they are going to use multiple guys. I don't think they want to put it all on Benny's plate.
0: Ben Gretsch, by the way, I believe he is fifth. In the Scott Fishbowl, that's down. Yeah, he was
1: first at one point. He and Frank Stamfoll have been unbelievable in the SFB this year. You've been pretty really good too, Dave. Them. I think. You're- I know, but I'm not. I'm not in the top ten. Yeah. I'm only in the top like 200. Yeah. How many participants are there? I don't know. A lot. thousand.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of participants there. Okay. So wide receivers.
1: Uh, who's oh, up? Dave. Chris Towers deserves a mention too. He's in the top 200s or so. I think. In the fish pool. Receivers, you're asking about? Uh-huh, yeah. My favorite's Russell Gage, and it, it's really PPR-specific here, just the fact that he's getting so many targets, and we've, we've been bellyaching about, oh, Kyle Pitts is only getting one red zone target since the bye, and he's getting double-teamed all the time. This dude's the benefactor of that. He needs to... I don't know, clean Kyle Pitts' car or buy him a steak dinner or something because he's becoming very relevant for fantasy purposes. And the case can be made that he's a must-start fantasy receiver in full PPR leagues. He's available in 47% of leagues. Devontae Parker and Marquez Valdez-Scantling are next up for me. Parker's only available in about a third of leagues, 35% last I looked. So you're going to have a hard time finding him. But we saw MVS stay pretty involved in what the Packers did. Uh, before the bye. Coming out of the bye, I have a hard time believing he's going to lose playing time. He's still one of those boomer bust receivers, but if he's going to see an uptick of targets here down the stretch, then I don't necessarily mind carrying him if I need receiver depth. It's a close call for me between him and Julio Jones. For now, I have him ahead of Julio because I know he's going to play. I know he's healthy, and I like his quarterback. So That's going to be MVS ahead of Julio Jones Um, And then KJ Osborne, I think Jamie mentioned all these guys, but Osborne would be next up for me as a, as a replacement in that Minnesota offense. Um, Probably going to play a little bit more outside than in the slot with, uh, with Adam Thielen out.
0: And Julio Jones, we have to talk about right now. So he's what 61% rostered,
2: 60,
0: 60% rostered. And how much of a a priority should he be? Dave has him fourth on his list. If you didn't need anybody this week, would he be your number one priority? What do we expect from Julio Jones? Let's have a little bit of a Julio Jones discussion here.
2: I mean, I would make him the number one priority at wide receiver just based on the hope that he's anything close to what they need him to be and what he was once upon a time and what he was at some point this season. Earlier in this year when A.J. Brown was fighting through some of his knee and foot problems. So uh, I would anticipate him coming back in and probably seeing somewhere between six to eight targets, hopefully more. And just looking at the other players that are in more crowded situations, um, coming off a of bye, I, I think he's got a, the chance to be pretty good in the stretch run. He's got two more games as the lead guy if he does play this week because A.J. Brown's not back until Week 16. So I'll take my chances with his pedigree more so than anybody else
1: on the list of the wide receiver position. Dave, you want to add anything? I'm I'm not as excited or trustworthy of Julio Jones at this point. He wasn't great when he was healthy. I'm using air quotes. Earlier this year and now coming back off of IR, uh, he could say that he feels as fresh as a daisy. It's not going to make me excited to use him. Uh, and then what do I do with him? He's going to be on my bench in case one of my starters goes down. Okay, well, I've got Ryan Tannehill's number one receiver for the next two weeks. I don't know if that's necessarily a great thing unless that guy is A.J. Brown. It's not A.J. Brown. It's Julio Jones. I, I feel if it's a non-PPR league, would I put him out of Russell Gage? Yeah, Maybe. Maybe he'd be closer to the top of the list, but I wouldn't I, I'm not gonna spend much fab. He's not gonna be my top guy to get. I don't think he's a league winner. I'm I would be very oh, hesitant man. to be that excited about Julio it's Jones. Julio Jones. Yeah, great, but it's Julio Jones circa twenty twenty one, not Julio Jones circa twenty seventeen. Twenty twenty. Last
0: year, I mean last year he was amazing. He had one of his best years ever. He just couldn't stay healthy. Uh, he was so good. And oh man, he's Julio Jones. How can you pass up? If you told me Julio Jones were hundred percent healthy. Now I know you're not saying that. You're saying he's he's fine, I'm not even gonna say even 100- if he
1: is hundred percent healthy after one game he might be fifty
0: percent healthy. I take my chances though, you know. I Okay. If he were 100% you were hundred percent healthy, you say that, I'd so start you're just gonna put him on your bench? No, I'm gonna put him on my lineup. If if Julio Jones is hundred percent healthy, or even if, if he plays this week, I'm gonna have a very hard time sitting Julio Jones unless it's like yeah no I'm, I'm with you Adam I you know I,
2: I think they've made good points about the other guys you know Russell Gates has played well but he also has some some certainly some poor stretches in the Calvin Ridley absence um, so he's inconsistent KJ Osborne I think is in, very interesting this week because of the absence of Adam Thielen but it could be short term especially with you know the extended rest coming off the Thursday game I, I mean it, it's it's a hope and and I think you know you you said it best it's it's the hope of Julio Jones being anything close to what he still could be and aj brown's absence factors into this so it's it's not a uh rest of season i'm buying into julio jones it's if he plays i'm buying into him two games against jacksonville this week and pittsburgh next week and those two teams have been very forgiving to opposing wide receivers uh, i don't know is, is shaquille griffin still out for for jacksonville i don't, I don't think, think it, matters. it matters well i i do think it matters um so if their top cornerback is yeah. out then you know julio jones has an opportunity there to have even more success so uh, there, there's there's something to like there about him. I don't think it's a slam dunk that you should be running to get him. But for me, I'm going to take my chances on him more so than the other guy.
1: Who's averaged more PPR points this year, Julio Jones or Marquez Calloway? Oh, I don't care. I mean, this is more looking ahead rest of the season where they're at. <laughs> Who's had more games with double-digit PPR points, Julio Jones or Marquez Calloway? Yeah, but... You can still say you don't care. It's fine.
0: No, I... I, I mean, mean, I don't. I, I get I, He I, hasn't I, been good. doesn't matter. <laughs> he hasn't been good, but he also he has, has not... He has not been the number one guy. He has not played without AJ Brown. I don't think he's had any games with AJ Brown, um, and he's Julio Jones. You know, uh, I don't know. He's got an opportunity opportunity to redeem himself. Totally redeem himself. Hopefully that happens. Jamie, tight ends, Tyler Conklin. By the way, Adam Thielen has a high ankle sprain. You know, he's definitely not going to play. I- I- I'm not a doctor.
1: But I'd be we, stunned if he played this week. Yeah,
0: but high ankle sprain could be a three-week thing. You know, that's it could
1: linger 100%. the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, so so Osborne and and Conklin become more interesting. And I know Conklin is your number one tight end. Who else?
2: Uh, it's not the greatest group after that, but you know, I'm I'm hoping Cole Komet continues to see the target share that he has. He has at least seven targets in three of his last four. At least six targets in five of his last six. So you know, just continue to to feature him would be nice. Uh, we'll see who the quarterback is. So I think that should matter. I'm going to put Gerald Everett reluctantly third, but you know we saw have seen in two of his last four games he was good. He was a total disaster against the 49ers, but <laughs> I still think he's going to be involved in the passing game, and hopefully that continues. And then whichever Washington football tight end is healthy, I don't think you have to make a priority on Tuesday to add one of these guys so you can find out if Ricky Seals-Jones is able to play, but Jones, uh, Seals-Jones or John Bates, uh, one of those guys could be a low-end starter in a deeper league.
0: Gerald Everett was a special kind of bad on uh, on oh, Sunday. Man. It just really bad game, but he still got six targets.
1: So, you know, the, three straight games with at least six targets. Yeah, I, I
0: think I think there's I think there's something there. He's a part well, of Well, unless of the, the coaching
1: staff nah. feels a certain kind of way, a special kind of way about Gerald Everett and they, they say,
0: they're forgiving. They are a very forgiving coaching staff.
1: I don't know if that's true.
0: They seem, he just seems, Pete Carroll seems like such a nice guy. He's never mean. He's never mean to the players, I don't think, right? He's nice. I'd play for him. Would you rather play for a really nice players coach or a disciplinarian? Disciplinarian.
1: You would? Which one is winning games and is putting me in a position to get a new contract?
2: Well, that depends. Joe Judge once made his players run after practice or during practice, whatever he did, uh, as a disciplinarian. And that team stinks, and he should get fired. And Bill Belichick is known for being a disciplinarian, but is probably a really good coach uh, and seems like a very good guy based on everybody you talk to. Uh, but he has probably more of a disciplinarian mentality than than most coaches. I'll take Bill Belichick over Joe Judge. I think and that's, that goes without saying.
0: <laughs> I think a lot of people would take Bill Belichick over Joe Judge. Joe Judge. I would like the, the very nice, warm, and fuzzy coach. I would...
2: Uh, sign me up to play for the Seahawks. Yeah, you would rather play for Pete Carroll than Brian Flores.
0: Yeah, oh, a hundred percent. Well, but yeah. if I played for Flores, I get to live in Miami.
2: That's another thing. That's probably so you would play for Pete Carroll more so than you would play for Mike Vrabel.
0: <laughs> he doesn't see. He seems kind of cool, actually.
1: Who's the second nicest coach? If Pete Carroll is the nicest coach, probably Andy Reid. Oh,
0: I'd I don't love know, to play Reed's for Andy dudes. Reid. He seems so nice. He seems cool. Ask Alex get a Collins
1: how nice Pete Carroll is.
0: Okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk DSTs. You said, Jamie, it was a really good week. Uh, day, uh, yeah, Jamie, uh, Jamie, go ahead and give us the DSTs and the kickers.
2: Uh, the Titans, the Packers, the Chargers, the Seahawks, and the Broncos. They're all in great spots, uh, given some uncertainties that the quarterbacks that they're facing or just the teams that they're facing as a whole. Uh, but all five of those are available in at least half of our leagues. The Packers are the highest rostered at 52%. So Titans are at 38, Chargers are at 24, Seahawks are at 26, Broncos are at 38. All top 10 worthy this week.
0: Right. If you don't need to spend a lot of fab if you do that on DSTs because you have a lot of fallback options. Yep. And the Chiefs DST has been playing lights out as well. They're 50% yep. rostered. And yep. they're, I didn't um, want to
2: get more than five because I thought that was a little overkill. Yeah. But yes, the Chiefs, Chiefs are available too.
0: And we did a segment on yesterday's show about DSTs that you can stash for the playoffs, teams that have good matchups. Uh if anybody drops the forty nine, I mean I don't know what the 49ers roster percentages, but they're they're high. They are rostered in eighty percent of leagues, but they have good playoff matchups. With some of the other teams I don't remember. I'll look up I'll look into that. Uh but yeah, DSTs are loaded. Oh my gosh, the Chargers could just be ridiculous against Jake.
2: Yeah, Hopefully long. Joey Bosa plays too. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's kind of important. I think he's expected to play. So he only played 12% of the snaps last week, but I do believe that Bosa is expected to play. So Titans, Packers, Chargers, Seahawks, Broncos. I'll just read the kickers for you. Randy Bullock, 19% rostered for Tennessee coming out of that buy. He's been mostly good, not great lately. Zane Gonzalez, Robbie Gold, Matt Prater, Evan McPherson.
1: And um, did we get to talk, oh, Dave, do you have IDP? Let me see if I can come up with a couple of names right quick for you. All righty. So I don't know if Blake Lynch is healthy for Minnesota. He didn't practice with a hip injury on Monday. If he's out there, he's one of the replacements for uh, Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr. I would certainly take a long, long look at him after he came up with a huge game for the Vikings. Um, Maybe Marshawn Lattimore. Jaron Ron Curse is a name I gave last week. Let me give him again. Uh, he's rostered now. Jamie got him in our IDP league, but he's someone who's certainly been putting up huge numbers lately. And um, Mike Hilton with the Bengals, back-to-back weeks with at least 12 fantasy points. So he's getting quite involved in what that defense is doing. And if
0: the 49ers linebackers do not get healthy, Greenlaw
1: and Warner, it was... Well, it sounds like Warner's going to play.
0: Well, that stinks. Because uh, Al shair he had half a sack, eleven oh. tackles, and a forced fumble. He was one of the best IDPs last week.
1: Sure. So Christian Kirksey, linebacker for Houston, was on IR. Nobody had him on their roster. He's still out there in like eighty percent of leagues. Okay. Good tackle getter.
0: And Denzel Perryman got hurt for the Raiders. He's, I believe, second one on the of NFL two in linebackers
1: tackles. that got hurt for the Raiders.
0: So, I don't know their depth chart, who's going to step in. I think Nick Kwiatkowski could be, but nope, he got hurt he's too. He's hurt too. Oh, he's the one you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So, if you can figure out who the inside linebacker is going to be for the Raiders uh, or the middle linebacker, whatever it may be, then you might have some tackles there. Uh, week 15 help you just don't care about week 14, you could look at Jacksonville's DST against Houston. I don't know how much faith you have in them, but you could look at the Dolphins. They're going into their bye. Dolphins DST against the Jets. If anybody drops the Dolphins, you could pick them up. Devontae Parker, if you don't want to use him this week when he's on his bye, I don't recommend it, uh, but he's got the Jets, got a good schedule coming up. A Washington tight end against Philadelphia. With Baltimore being the DST, that or the defense that gives up I would say the most big pass plays in the NFL. You could look at uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling at Baltimore next week. That could be a good matchup for him. I think that's pretty much it. K.J. Osborne. Yeah, anybody that he could be relevant next week as well. Justin Fields, maybe. Justin Fields, home against Minnesota on Monday night next week.
2: Andy Dalton's also banged up, too, so keep that in mind when you're looking at um, the Packers DST. Not that you wouldn't be trusting them against the Bears anyway, but yeah. they might be down either. They might have an injured Andy Dalton or an injured Justin Fields starting.
0: And they, they might be getting Z'Darrius Dalton.
2: Smith
1: and Jair Alexander back. They're my favorite Ooh. DST this week. Oh,
0: hey now. Okay. All right, let's take a yeah, quick break. two great. for me
1: behind the Titans.
0: I'm going to have trouble passing up on the Chargers.
2: <laughs> but yep. great Chargers, week. I, mean, I don't blame you for case for all these teams. Yep. They're, yep. they're all so good.
0: All right, we're going to take a break here. And uh, when we come back... Speaking of DSTs, New England and Buffalo, and then the rest of the waiver wire. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. New England 14, Buffalo 10. How did you feel about that game last night as you were watching it, Jamie?
2: Uh, In between falling asleep, it was was an amazing game plan by Bill Belichick and the coaching staff there for the Patriots, just to say we're not even going to throw the ball in this weather. We're just going to run it down your throats. And dominate time of possession. Um, the weather was clearly a factor for the Bills, but I don't want to see football like that very often. It's just not fun.
1: Dave, mostly the same. I was amused by punts and kicks that went wayward or looked like they hit like a big glass wall and then came straight down onto the yeah. field. <laughs> uh, you know, the Patriots' physicality is is one of the trademarks, calling cards of Bill Belichick's defenses. They didn't have it as much last year. But for the most part during Belichick's tenure, it's always been a tough physical team. And when the weather turns ugly like this, and even when it's not as bad as it was on Monday night, you see that team rally behind its strength and its power. And you see that with Tennessee from Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick, Disciple. I think you you would see it if the, the line was healthier, at least the offensive line were healthier in Miami. I think the Dolphins try and preach that type of physicality as well. One of the teams that wants to be physical but just isn't quite as physical and it costs them is Buffalo. That offensive line is strong. They've got some good offensive linemen, of course, but it's not It's not at that same top shelf level that the Patriots have. And their running backs, like they really paid the price for not investing in their yes. run game during the offseason. exactly what I was in thinking this during the game. They, they yep. made Zach Moss active. That was smart. and And they should have loaded up on the run, but they – Brian Dayball realized early on, all right, our running backs aren't doing anything special. They weren't patient with it like the Patriots were. Not that the Patriots had to be patient for a long time. Once Damian Harris beat eight in the box, it was over for him, and he had that long run for a touchdown. But they they kind of had to lean on Josh Allen again, which is what they have to do even on sunny days with no wind. So I, I, I bet this is the offseason where they say, all right, screw it. We're going to find ourselves a running back, mm-hmm. and they're not going to do this mix and match with mediocre guys anymore
0: so i have two takes on this game that i think you probably find ridiculous i welcome it so here we go take number one this was a very boring game but had it been snowing heavily and played out exactly the same way it would have been a much more enjoyable watch no i think people would have been more into it they would have it would be like, oh, the snow game. I think people would have been much more into it. Okay, so fine. don't agree. Okay.
1: Fine. Are are we keeping the wind or is it just snowing it's with the like Same Timo exact thing.
0: It's the same exact thing, but there's a lot yeah, of snow.
1: It would have been it would have been amusing for a little while, and then you would have been like, all right, all all they're doing is running the ball. <laughs> and then all the bills are doing are messing up. They won up.
2: the game throwing three passes.
1: That's pretty cool. In the game. Uh, okay, it's my cool, other but take, It's not cool to sit through and watch. My At other least it went by pretty fast. And I know
0: you're going to disagree with this because I'm contradicting what Jamie said. All this stuff about Bill Belichick with this brilliant game plan, it's the most obvious game plan of all time. It's true. There's no way that he could have thrown in those conditions. I'm not giving Bill Belichick any credit for that.
2: Uh, that- um, well, uh, if it's fair. Um, and, and Sean McDermott kind of alluded to that as well. Like, we don't need to continue to, to praise him. Um, but it worked. <laughs> You know, I yeah, mean, it, it, fourteen it points. And, you know, what what would have happened if if they were chasing points? Would they have stuck with it? You know, so that's that's an, an easier thing to do. But to, I mean, to sit there and say we're just going to run and run and run and run and run, no, he mean, did the, No, he
0: did the right thing, absolutely, and he, he they deserve credit. It just it wasn't this brilliant game plan. It was obvious that Mac Jones was not going to be able to do much in those conditions. I, well, I think the, at some the, point the
2: throws that he typically makes and attempts are not exactly you know downfield into the wind. Uh,
0: sure. I, I I just think I was wondering if they were going to just stop even playing with one single high safety and just play basically nine or 10 men in the box. Uh,
2: because they, it's not like they got, they got ran through. They had one run that they gave up as they mentioned the Damien Harris run. But for the most part, I mean, they gave up under four yards per carry. You know, it's, it's just, they were just pushing them and pushing them and pushing them and pushing them and just, you know, taking what they were getting. So Uh, Micah Hyde and, and, uh, And Jordan Poyer got really pissed after the game when they were asked about, you know, getting run all over. And they were like, well, what are you talking about? (laughs) They didn't get run all over. They just got run on.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So what about any is there any fantasy thing, any fantasy angle in this game?
1: No. I mean, maybe you can say something about the Bills running backs and how they're just not trustworthy during this big stretch down. The the matchups are terrible. You, You should be dropping all three of them. Ooh, that's pretty spicy. Well, you 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 don't know if Zach Moss is even going to be active for their next game because it definitely felt like he was active for this game because of the weather. And Matt Breida fumbled, and then he also dropped a a kickoff return that bounced out of the end zone. And then Devin Singletary really just wasn't anything special. There isn't one guy who can be um, a feature back that fantasy managers can say, okay, maybe he can get me 13 PPR points or nine non-PPR points. There's no one you can trust there. This is a Josh Allen joint, and it's been that way for two years.
0: Yeah. All right, so first of all, I'm sorry. I thought you had said the Patriots running backs are droppable. No, There's why would no you way. do that?
2: That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs>
0: well, that's why I was like, whoa. Uh, now You
1: can drop J.J. Taylor.
0: Buffalo at Tampa Bay this week. Are we going to give Sanders and Beasley one more week? No. Okay.
2: You no. May- I, I mean, you, so, could, you could use them. But if I see any of the guys that we're going to talk about on waivers available, I'm dropping Sanders and and Beasley. I just they, they've been miserable. I think Beasley's rib injury is whatever's bothering him has been a problem. Sanders has been a train wreck. Uh, this is this is all about Stephon Diggs and Dawson Knox. Those are the two guys that Josh Allen's looking for the most. He's taking some shots with Gabriel Davis. It just I don't think you can get the target volume that you need from these guys. Maybe Beasley breaks out of it this week against Tampa Bay. That's fine. He's not going to do it in my starting lineup, that's for sure.
1: No, he's more of a low-end flex and PPR only. Sanders might get benched for Gabriel Davis at this point, I wonder. Mm. Like, there, I, I wouldn't start either one in fantasy. Maybe if I'm in a bunch of GPPs and I want to diversify my lineup, Davis could be in there as a cheap flyer against the Bucks.
0: Hit that like button, everybody. Please hit the like button. doesn't take long. Let's go. Let's get those likes up, and we and appreciate
2: McDermott. it after the game made some comments that some people are thinking that Dable
1: could be in trouble. Well they don't agree on the decisions made in the game. Mm.
0: That's uh that'll be quite a fall from Grace. Okay, let's time for the Dropometer. Devontae Smith, ninety nine percent rostered.
1: Zero. Nah, you could you could drop him in the the smaller leagues, the eight team leagues. So I'd say he's like a two or a three. Ten team leagues, Devontae Smith? Yeah, and maybe if you're absolutely if you're absolutely stocked at wide receiver and you want to change that stockpile to running backs, this is a good week to do it. If you want to carry that second DST and you're absolutely stocked at wide receiver, you could do it. I don't think that Devontae Smith is one of those guys that's going to help somebody else in your league bring home the trophy.
0: Not a top 40 wide receiver per game. Drop-o-meter for...
1: Neither is Julio Jones. Courtless... Or maybe he is. Maybe he is a top 40 receiver. uh, Cortland
0: Sutton. Cortland Sutton.
1: He's not top 30. Yeah, I don't know why Sutton's on your team. Jerry Judy. Non-PPR, you could drop him unless you're really thin at wide receiver. Full PPR, he's still a a low-end flex. Number three receiver. Okay. Yep.
0: Sutton, they're playing Detroit this week, and... they are the worst against number one wide receivers. I don't know what if, if that's. They're just something. not going
1: to throw. Right. This is Javante week part two. Javante oh, bootleg. Well, Melvin Gordon's expected to play, so that's probably. This is not Javante week part two. This is sad week part one. Or at least that's what uh, Vic Fangio said. What does he know?
2: All right. So you can drop
0: fly. drop the I'm Bills. Drop the Bills running backs, as we said. Um, I don't have a lot for the drop a meter, so why don't we just do it by position? And we'll go to the quarterbacks here. So quarterback waiver wire. If Ryan Tannehill is available, would you rather have him over Taysom Hill or Cam Newton or Ben Roethlisberger?
1: No, same answer. Okay.
0: So again, it's, it's Taysom one cam two and Roethlisberger three. Jamie has Heineke four. Dave has Garoppolo four. Mm Hmm. You know, Heineke, 59% rostered. He's facing Dallas. Dallas gave up four touchdown passes in week one to Tom Brady. They haven't given up more than two in any game since. But it's you know it's not the worst matchup. So Heineke, what are you thinking, around 20 points? Something like that?
2: Uh, that would be a high for him in, uh, recently. But both these guys are not start-worthy for the most part. I, I think you're... With Heineke, for me, I'm hoping for a shootout. I'm hoping that Dallas' offense shows up and this game gets a little loose.
0: Yeah, see if uh, the Washington football team can continue to run the ball with success. Right, I don't think we need to go too deep into the quarterback. So I will ask you, though, uh, how many of these streamers are you starting over Russell Wilson this week?
1: One. So.
0: Okay. That's the one. How about how many are you starting? Oh, just going to ask over Patrick Mahomes. None. Or Jackson.
1: None. All right. None yet. I will I will consider Taysom Hill over Justin Herbert if Keenan Allen is up. Okay. They're back-to-back. I've got Jackson Herbert Hill in my initial rankings for the week.
0: Do you see any point in picking up Justin Fields
1: for the stretch run? No. Not until he's healthy. Are you in a super flex league? And if you are, why is he available on your waiver wire? <laughs> he's not.
0: Uh, okay. How about Tua? What do you think about him going into a bye, but then a pretty good schedule uh, after the bye?
2: Yeah, he's one of those guys. Like I have him as the one of the drop options in the column, just because I don't know if you need to stash him during his bye week. But if you have the roster spots, roster space to carry him, he's got a favorable schedule. Got Devontae Parker back, so got you over twenty fantasy points uh, again last week, and then hopefully getting Wolf Fuller back. So. You know, maybe that opens things up. He throws into so many tight windows. It's ridiculous mm-hmm. just how compact that offense is. Mm-hmm. But maybe Will Fuller changes that a little bit if he's back on the field.
1: Not to mention the fact that they have a hard time running the ball, and they're one of the pass-heaviest teams in the league. If you're starting Taysom Hill this week because you have no other options, you should try and get Tua Tunga-Vailoa because he gets the Jets the week after in the schedule. You've talked about it. It's Jets. It's at New Orleans. It's at Tennessee to round out the year.
0: Okay, Let's go to the running backs then. We've got uh, we've got some players that we haven't mentioned in the shallower leagues. Sonny Michel is 81% rostered. What do you think the backfield looks like this week at Arizona?
2: I mean, we'll find out if, if Henderson practices. That'll change things for Sonny Michel, but I'm not even ranking Daryl Henderson right now. So, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, it was, I think, more of a break glass in case of emergency that they were going to use him. And so, Sonny Michel was the guy. I think he'll still be the guy once again if, if Henderson can't get a full practice in.
1: So... Sean McVay on Monday was asked about Sony Michel and like what his role might be moving forward, and he started to answer just very bullish on Sony Michel, and then he it's almost like he he remembered that he had to say something nice about Daryl Henderson too, and how he'd like to work his way in, but he liked Sony as a rhythm runner. Uh, he closed his answer talking about Sony again. I've got that vibe. This the exact same vibe I had last year about Cam Akers when these coaches were talking, like where where they're trying to stay like even keeled about what they have in their run game, but they they get a little too excited. And it just catches me like that. And I, there, there's two more things. Number one, you could tell that he just runs differently than Daryl Henderson. Maybe he's not quite as versatile as Daryl Henderson, and maybe he doesn't have the top-end speed that Henderson has, but he's more of a physical running back, and I think that's what they want. And uh, to that point, Jordan Roderick, who we've mentioned before on the show, she's a great beat reporter for the Rams. She's got a story suggesting the exact same thing that Sony Michelle's gonna end up being their feature guy, and that Henderson will be like a change of pace guy. I am ranking Henderson, but it's with the idea that he might get you four or five fantasy points this week and Sony Michelle's gonna be an RB one.
0: She's saying that for this week or for rest of season? She said that going into last week. So right, but her, she I, her,
2: her story was in regards to the running style of Sonny Michelle and just a quote that Sean yes. McGee had. That he is, you know, he pushes the pile. He's, he's not looking to make the big plays. He's going to take what's available to him. And so for what they feel like their offense needs right now, I think they're looking at it as he, he's a better fit. Plus, so, I don't know uh, how much Henderson, I think, cool. will have a bigger role if he's healthy. That's something you have to keep in mind. But if he doesn't practice in full, you should have no reason to even consider
1: Did you ever get the sense this year that they loved Henderson? Oh, I think earlier in the season they did, sure. What about when Cam Akers got hurt? No.
0: No, they didn't give a ringing endorsement of him, but th- but then who cares about what they said? How about what they did? They never made this a committee. Never. It was it's always Daryl Henderson's
1: backfield. Which Even is when- why it's important to kind of get an idea of who their best guy is, because that guy could end up playing 80-plus percent of the snaps.
0: Okay, uh, well, this is shallow leagues anyway. Michael Carter, 78% rostered. He's got to miss at least one more. He's got to miss one more game. He could be back That's in Week 15. That's a great 15. call. Uh, Boston Scott could have a role after the bye. Chase Edmonds is 72% rostered. So that's a guy in PPR leagues that you probably want to have on your team. And Dontro Hilliard is 69% rostered. And you guys said you like Foreman better than Dontro Hilliard.
2: Yep. Uh, but both are potentially starting this week. You, I mean, could be potential starters for this week. Hilliard more of a flex. Keep McNichols uh, out of there.
1: Foreman more
2: of a I got to run. See you guys. All right. Later, Jamie.
0: J. Michael Hasty is 5% rostered, and Jeff Wilson is 41% rostered, and they have an opportunity to get some featured if,
1: work. If yeah. Elijah Mitchell right. is out.
0: And if they're both healthy, who do you think would get the work? Uh, Wilson, who's really
1: struggled so yes. far this year. Will, I Houston. think Wilson would get the nod on running downs and hasty on passing downs.
0: Rashad Penny, 6% rostered. I just wish Peterson were not there, but it's a great matchup against Houston. They give up the fourth most points to mm-hmm. running backs
1: it will be tough to right. trust, but you can kind of you can kind of make the case for him to be I don't know a non PPR flex a desperation running back play.
0: Yeah, i mean, look. He, I I again, it's just the Peterson factor, it's just the goal line factor. But I'm glad I'm glad I stashed Penny in a few leagues. I I just had a feeling the way Pete Carroll was talking about him that they wanted to get him involved and that they really needed a
1: spark because Alex well, Collins he, right. wasn't getting the job done. He's the only running back they have left that has some juice to him.
0: Yeah, it's after. This is after ten carries for the thirty-five yards. The problem is that
1: yards. the juice, the juice is leaking out of the box, like at the pre-K table with kids <laughs> everywhere, and you got to try and just you know get that juice used up before it's too late.
0: Uh, Samaje Perine, if Mixon is out, Amir Abdullah, we should talk about him because he's got the passing downs role, and he's got Amir Abdullah in five games with Carolina has three, four, four, zero, and two catches, which doesn't sound great. Belt. But Amir Abdullah, uh, Christian McCaffrey played in four of those games. So they have combined for three, eight, 14, seven, and two catches. So you might be looking at
1: a (laughs) four-catch guy. That's like the stat. Michael Jordan and Will Perdue combined for (laughs) 38, 34. I'm just saying there's running back
0: catches available. You might get four catches a game from him. That's not out of the question. And two of his next three games are against teams that are 7th or 8th worst against... They allow the 7th or 8th most receiving yards per game to running backs, and that starts this week where the Falcons have allowed four more catches to a running back in eight of 12 games. All this is is a full PPR kind of deep league endorsement of Abdullah, who I compared him to Ty Montgomery when Kamara's been out. You know, could get you maybe eight PPR points and not bury you.
1: Okay, which is what you have to keep in mind when you think about adding him off the waiver wire is... How badly do I need a running back that's going to get me eight PPR points? How badly do I need a running back who's definitely third in line for work inside of five yards? Like, Abdullah won't play there unless it's the two-minute drill. And then even if it is, it's Cam Newton who's going to take that work away from him. I think the best path for Abdullah is if you've got Chuba Hubbard and you want the guy who's after him. Abdullah, if they're playing out the string, they'll just say, okay, Amir Abdullah, here's your opportunity to have 15-plus touches. So if you've got Chuba Hubbard and you're forced to start Chuba Hubbard, I think it's a good idea to have Amir Abdullah on your bench at this point, especially if it's PPR. If you don't have Chuba Hubbard in that type of spot, then I don't know what you really need Amir Abdullah for right now. He shouldn't be a priority. I know. I know. I'm just saying. He
0: gets you four catches or something in a PPR league. You could consider starting him over Tevin Coleman this week. I wouldn't do that. But Coleman is 34% rostered. He is the lead back for the Jets as of right now. Unfortunately, he's got the Saints. What's your interest level in Coleman?
1: Mild. I'd rather have, uh, you know, obviously pretty much everybody that we've already named except for Amir Abdullah.
0: Okay. Uh, What about any interest in David Johnson or Rex Burkhead going up against Seattle?
1: Johnson could be out again, and if he is, and that gives another opportunity for Burkhead, but Burkhead had an opportunity last week, and he... Didn't really get a lot of work.
0: It's a so, much different matchup. Much uh, yeah,
1: different. but he still didn't get a lot they of work. He had
0: the ball for 18 and a half minutes, I think.
1: I I don't think, if we're going to talk about players who don't have juice, I think Rex Burkhead belongs on the list. He's he's a desperation play. I might have a tough time saying start Coleman ahead of Rex Burkhead, but they're they're in that same range of, oh, crap, I'm desperate. I need a running back who might get me seven points.
0: You know what? I hope Johnson's out, and I can make a bold Rex Burkhead prediction because they're facing the Seahawks, who are worse than the NFL in time of possession. Maybe I could expect them to be better now if the offense is is improving. And the Seahawks give up the second most points to running backs and the most receiving yards. Every running back catches a ton of passes against the Seahawks. So, Dave, you can put it in pencil. I will make a bold prediction about Rex Burkhead if David Johnson is out, and that is as far as I'm willing to go. All right, wide receivers. You've got Jarvis Landry could be available, coming off a 111-yard game a couple of weeks ago at Buffalo, and Baltimore is the matchup this week, and they are they their secondary is terrible. Yeah, you could look at Calvin Ridley long term. You could look at Julio Jones. We've had a discussion about that. Jamie likes Tyler Boyd. I think that's really mostly if T Higgins is out.
1: So I don't necessarily mind Boyd this week, even if Higgins plays, because. Any The the key with him is anytime the Bengals find themselves in a situation where they've got to play a little bit of hurry-up, his numbers and targets certainly go up. There could be a chance of that this week against the 49ers.
0: Okay, so how about Russell Gage versus KJ Osborne? Who do you like better this week?
1: I like Gage better. I like Gage better um, just in general, just because of the targets that he's been getting. I don't think the matchup against Carolina is necessarily a detriment for him. I think it's going to be bad for Kyle Pitts again, but I already mentioned like Pitts's loss is Gage's gain. And as long as it's working out like that for Atlanta, you might as well ride it in fantasy. He's a decent, I don't know if he's a number two full PPR receiver, but he's in that, let's call him a high-end number three receiver in PPR.
0: MVS has had 19 targets in his last two games. He faces the Bears. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. You um, made a nice case for Josh Reynolds last week. Mm-hmm. I don't remember when that was It was Friday. Yes. 16% rostered and two games in a row with 70, 69 to 70 yards. I, unfortunately, he's got Denver this week. But, you know, what do you think about? Yeah, Reigns? it's
1: a terrible matchup for him. So, uh, again, another example of a wide receiver. Okay. He's shown a couple of things. He had a great play on Thanksgiving, made a couple of decent plays. What am I doing with him? Am I really going to start him? Maybe if you're in a 14-team triple-flex league, like I've got him in, I'm going to use him. But if it's a typical league with three wide receivers, 12 teams, one flex, you got to be really desperate. And he was outshined by Amon Ross St. Brown last week.
0: Sure. Uh, Yeah, and Golf stringing together a couple of good games in a row. That's Josh Reynolds we're talking about. And if you want the deep league guys, it would be Jalen Guyton, over Josh Palmer, but they're barely rostered.
1: Can I mention two other receivers that might be worth stashing? Sure, and I will also
0: mention Jamison Crowder as a low-end option on the waiver wire. The Saints allow the fifth-most receiving yards to slot slot wide receivers. Who Who do you got?
1: This is just for the fantasy managers that have their tickets to the playoffs already locked up. Sterling Shepard is out there in a bunch of leagues. Kadarius Toney is out there in a bunch of leagues. Daniel Jones, I don't think, is going to be out for the year. I think those receivers are going to come back at some point. And when they do, especially Shepard, I think we're going to be very interested in considering him as like a number three receiver in full PPR because he's been that, you know, steady buddy for Daniel Jones.
0: Okay. And uh, Devontae Parker, you should consider as well 64%. Was that the only guy I thought you had two?
1: Yeah, Shepard was one and Kadarius Tony was the other. Oh. Okay.
0: All right. Shepard ahead let, of Tony. Let's go to the tight ends. Tyler Conklin, Cole Komet. You want to just look at the matchups. Conklin's facing the Steelers. They've only allowed two touchdowns to a tight end this year. Mm-hmm. They've been pretty good. Not great, but but pretty good. Uh whereas Komet is facing the Packers. They also don't allow a lot of touchdowns to tight ends. They have There have been seven tight ends who have had 42 or more yards, which you'll take for a streaming tight end. And Cole Komet was one of them. He had four catches for 49 yards on five targets at the Packers. Who do you like better? Conklin, Comet, and then there's Everett against the Texans.
1: Yeah, it's almost like you don't want to say Everett's name. Um, first of all, the the shallow league guys, Noah Fant is available in almost a quarter of Oh, league. good. No, wouldn't mind going after him. I know he's been terrible, but he he gets some opportunities, at least near the goal line. Tyler Higbee, same thing. He's available in the third leagues. Conklin's my favorite. And until the Washington tight end situation figures itself out, I'm really not interested in anybody else. This is the thinnest position this week on the waiver wire.
0: How about Higbee versus Conklin? I
1: think I'd take the upside in Conklin given that there should be more opportunities to make catches with feeling out.
0: What about Moreau? If he gets another shot,
1: (laughs) Morneau, Justin Morneau
0: and the DST streamers. Dave likes the Packers the best. Jamie likes the Titans the best. I think I like the chargers the best. Uh, The Packers have the bears. The Titans have the Jaguars and the, Chargers have the Giants, and you've got the Seahawks against Houston, the Broncos against Detroit. Really, really good week hey, of waiver
1: wire. I'm going to give you those the top four DSTs I have: Packers, Titans, Seahawks, Chargers. Think of those defenses in these matchups. Now, at Bal- Packers at Baltimore, would you use them against Baltimore? No. Baltimore's been giving up points to DSTs. I think I might. Titans at Pittsburgh, would you use them? Yeah, pro- uh, potentially. Potentially. Seahawks at the Rams. No. Unlikely. Chargers home against Kansas City. No. Very unlikely. So the one problem that I see with all four of these DSTs that we love, and we we love more than just these four, is that they might only be good for one week and that you can't necessarily say, all right, I'm, I'm riding with the Packers the rest of the year. I don't know if we can say that quite yet. So back to my point earlier in the show, it could be the right time to start carrying two DSTs you carry one for this week, and then you also start looking a week ahead.
0: Yeah, right. If anybody drops the Dolphins DST, you could take a look at them. Jump on them. Mm, the, the Broncos with Detroit this week, then they get Cincinnati the following week. That's not that bad of a matchup. Then then at Las, Las Vegas. Vegas
1: after that, and then and the Chargers charge. after that.
0: And the Seahawks, I know they have a bad week 15 matchup, but weeks 16 and 17 are pretty good. As Chicago and
1: Detroit. Yeah. Both at right. home. Beautiful. Good so stuff. It, you might be able to make a plan where seattle's going to be your dst for the rest of the year save for week 15 and you just start shopping for that week 15 dst now you'll settle on somebody when somebody in your league drops the dolphins bing bang, boom you pick up the dolphins you ride a seahawks dolphins combo to the fantasy championship
0: uh we got one more here nate is saying what about the saints they are 67% rostered and have okay. the Jets.
1: So let, they've got the Jets but this Tampa week. Tampa Bay next if, week. If they don't have... Right, I was about to make that point. And not only is it Tampa Bay next week, well, I guess Miami isn't that terrible of an opponent in week 16, Carolina in week 17. No Cam Jordan makes me a little less excited about them, but they are a top 12 DST this week, even yeah. without Jordan.
0: Yeah, good call. Thank you. Okay, everybody, thanks so much for watching and listening. For Dave and Jamie and Ben, I am Adam. We'll talk to you tonight on our live stream, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, We'll see you there for our Q&A. And Dave's repping the U. Big day for us. Mario.
1: Yes. All right. (laughs) Adios.